0: We'd like to welcome you to our dedicated study entitled The Flat Earth Theory Examined. Now, this with the Mandela study that I did last week, I would have to say by far these two studies that I've done are the most two requested I've had. The Flat Earth has been more recent. Mandela's been going on for three to four years. Flat Earth has been more recent. Um uh, Actually, though, now, it's probably more requested than any other thing that I do. And um, a lot of long-time listeners, and probably listeners that aren't that long-time, have been requesting me to do this study. And so, we're going to do a thorough examination of this today. Uh, I don't know how much more thorough, I mean, yes, I guess there's, there's m- more nuances and things of this nature, but... The infor- I was going to do like probably a 10-parter or something on this as well. And I got to the point where once I really was looking at this information and once I really saw the major premises of this, I didn't feel like it needed to be that long. Get into it in that much detail. Um, so I'll let you decide for yourself. I'm not here to make, make enemies. But I am here to try to... Look at both sides of this issue. Because I have looked at both sides. uh, Just like I looked at both sides on the Mandela. And I did that for years, literally. I've looked at this side, both sides, for years. And um, I mean, I think you have to address both sides. Whenever you do a study like this, if you're going to be fair, if you just look at one side of an issue, you're going to only get that one perspective. And this is the question that I have for the people out there And this is even before we get into the study today. And I would actually say this about the Mandela study as well that we did last week. People that are very, very much convinced one way or another, have you devoted a sufficient amount of time looking at the opposite side? And in this particular case, because this is such a... I mean, this is is a major thing, but yet it doesn't really affect our Christianity in any way, shape, or form, the flat earth. Mandela does, okay? Bible verses changing, that's a big deal, okay? The flat earth thing, though, doesn't affect that. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people zeroing in on flat earth, like that's the only thing in the universe now that matters. I'm not understanding that. I'm not understanding how that's, you know, what that has to do with like the Great Commission or that Jesus gave, that type of thing. I'm not getting it, you know. I don't understand why it's so incredibly important that we have to zero in on that to the exclusion of everything else when we have literal pedophiles raping little children, sacrificing them, and killing them. On a daily basis, it keeps coming out more and more. If, you've, if you're on my newsletter list... You, every single newsletter I do now, all of the top stories are on the pedophiles. God is letting this be revealed. Jesus said it were better than a millstone were hung about your neck and you be cast in the midst of the sea than you offend one of these little ones that believeth on me. I think that's where our prayer and our supplications and our fasting at least in part needs to be directed on those types of issues. Little children being raped cannibalized sold into sex slavery things of that nature so i'm a little bit angry about the whole this whole subject on the flat earth because i've got such vitriol about it from people not everybody but i'm saying a lot when it's like yeah but look at all this other stuff that's going on why do i have to drop everything and focus in on that but i'm going to i'm going to because this is long overdue And um, it it needs to be done. It does. It really does. Because I have so many people emailing me about this. And basically every single person is totally convinced about this at this point. The ones I'm getting from my listeners. Uh, I've gotten more positive feedback on the Mandela study I did last week than I have ever gotten in any study I have ever done. Probably times... 10 that's conservatively i have so many positive comments on that yet i've lost listeners but i've got more positive comments from the listeners that have stayed with me that normally would not even have said anything when i just posted normal teaching i've gotten more positive comments on that times 10 than i ever have in any other study i've ever put up and times 10 may be conservative i've also been attacked more for putting that study up than any other study i've ever done and all i've all i've really gotten since i've posted it is just more and more confirmation more and more egregious bible changes more and more things that have you know are happening and going on i do that because i want us to pray against cern i want us to pray against the d-wave computers i want us to pray against whatever is causing these egregious changes when the devil comes when the Antichrist comes, he's going to come with all signs and lying wonders and miracles. He's going to deceive the whole world by the miracles that they do. Says so if it were possible, they would deceive, they'd be able to deceive the very elect. And, and I know that's a reference to like false prophets and these types of things, but the Antichrist is involved in that. Matthew 24, obviously, and the false prophet. Deception is going to be the standard for the days and times we're moving into. Jesus said that in Matthew 24. Be not deceived. He warned over and over. Be not what were those times that he was warning about? The exact times we're in and moving into right now. So we need to be on guard more than ever about being deceived. This study, another thing I want to remind people of before I start the study. This study, if I would have would have done this five years ago, let's say five years conservatively. Let's just say before you ever knew about it. Let's say, I think this came out in 2012. Let's say I did this study in 2011. Nobody would have cared. You know why? Because I wouldn't have got any arguments from anybody. None of the people now that are in the Flat Earth camp would I have gotten one argument from. Why? Because you didn't even know this theory existed. It wouldn't be a bone of contention between you or me or anyone else. Because it didn't exist, wasn't a problem. But now it's the biggest problem on the planet, according to not all. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not here to offend, but when you get attacked like I get attacked over doing the things that I do, you know, let's see how you would handle that. I'm trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to come to you in love. I'm trying to come to you in humility regarding this particular subject. I'm going to start this um, with a short video that explains what Flat Earth is. The Flat Earth Explained. Okay, It's only a minute and 43 seconds. So let's listen to this first so we can establish a baseline for what this is. I don't think the Flat Earth people would... Dis- dispute what we're going to be saying here at all
1: last few days because of rapper B.O.B. and his beef with noted astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson B.O.B. declared to his Twitter followers that he believes the planet Earth is actually flat and that all the nations of the world have joined together in a massive conspiracy one of the reasons they
0: believe that is because of the UN insignia Where it has the wreath around all, you can see all the planets or planets, continents. Okay, you know it would look flat from an aerial. It's the only way they could actually get that. You're you're, you can't get something that's like three dimensional, like all the continents on a planet on a flat backdrop. It's the only way it can be done. So, but that's they're saying that's
1: proof of that. To cover up this fact, here is how flat earthers believe the universe works. They believe the Earth is a flat disk which looks like this. The North Pole is at the center with Antarctica forming an ice wall around the outer edges of the disk. This is why flat earthers believe the 1961 Antarctic Treaty was agreed upon by all... So there's an, an- there, there's an
0: ice wall all the way around the flat Earth. Okay, now, if that's the case, that every single direction that you would sail eventually, you're going to hit this ice wall because literally it's literally encircling the planet now again that's a whole other subject i really don't see anybody ever address as far as the conspiracy about this ice wall that would exist literally encircling the planet now this is what the flat earth people believe i'm not making this up this is what they believe
1: world's nation so no one could reach the edge of the disk. They believe that this is the reason the UN uses this as their symbol. There is also a dome-like barrier called the firmament which surrounds the disk. This is an impenetrable barrier that keeps the atmosphere intact. Flat earthers do not believe we have ever passed this barrier. According to flat earth theory, gravity does not exist. Instead, they believe in a universal acceleration, believing that all celestial bodies are accelerating upward at a rate of 9.8 meters per second squared. So
0: gravity doesn't exist, and remember that. Um, they believe in this universal acceleration, believe in all celestial bodies are accelerating upward at a rate of 9.8 millimeter,
1: or meters per second squared. They believe that Earth is not actually spinning and provide counter-evidence to disprove the rotation of the planet, such as the fact that clouds in the atmosphere are not moving at the rate of 1,000 miles per hour, the rate of the Earth's rotation. Flat-earthers believe that when Copernicus theorized that the Earth moved around the sun... All of the world's religions decided to accept his theories, and rather than risk being questioned, the world's religions have a vested interest in furthering the Earth-globe idea. In turn, So fla- all world religions are in on this, on preserving the flat Earth theory. believe that all imagery from the space program has been faked. Some of the most common pieces of evidence are the lack of direct commercial flights between two cities within the Southern Hemisphere. Unfortunately, and we are talking to you, B.O.B., All of these theories don't explain why a ship disappears over the horizon, bottom first.
0: Okay, and that's just a tiny little, tiny introduction, okay? We're just getting going here. Now, this first video I'm going to play, and and this is really the essence of this whole thing. I think this is why this subject has has grieved me, really almost more than the Mandela thing, is because this is about divide and conquer. You know, that's what this is about. This is about dividing, particularly Christians. Because really, if you think about it, who does Satan care about on this planet really messing with and getting to? Christians. Born-again Christians that know how to pray. And particularly if you're right with God. Because the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So there's a lot of things you can do to get your prayers hindered. But if you're a born-again Christian right with God and you're praying about like these issues that I, I talk about and you're in, all, all you're just focused in on this, well then the devil kind of got you where he wants you, kinda, because it's like you're focused in on, on an issue that's really not impacting the kingdom of God in any way, shape, or form. You just I just don't know how that's happening here. This is about divide and conquer. So this is from Ken Hovind. Now, I understand I've given warnings about Ken Hovind, in, in, especially in recent times since he's been out of prison. But I believe regarding this particular subject, the way that he covered it, which lines up with all of the other research I'm seeing, he did a very good biblical job using the King James Bible in particular in order to examine this in a very, very thorough way. Okay, so let's go ahead and play this video here. And um,
2: I'll just let him talk. Gideon, in the book of Judges, um, Gideon and the 300 that were with him came into the outside of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers. And held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. There's 300 guys around the enemy camp blowing trumpets, shining lights. Make noise and shine the light. That's all you got to do. And the host ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. Here's this monster army down there. And 300 men just made a lot of noise and shined the light and they all started fighting each other and Gideon's men just stood back and let them fight, duke it out. If you can get your enemy to start fighting each other in fighting, the battle's easy, right? It's a great lesson to learn. In First Samuel chapter...
0: This is where I see this going because it's alarming how many emails I'm getting about this and it's alarming how adamant people are about this. And it's alarming what a dividing issue I'm already seeing this become. And it's getting worse all the time, every day. And if if the devil can just divide and conquer us, well, he's got us exactly where he wants us.
2: 17. Jonathan, Saul's son, climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer slew after him. And the first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men. Within, as it were, in half an acre of land, which a yoke of oxen might plow. And there was a trembling in the host. There was a giant army had come to attack King Saul. And the spoilers, let's see, they trembled and the earth quaked. It was a great trembling. And the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went on beating down one another. Whoa, this is what you want to get. Your enemy fighting each other saves a lot of bullets on your part. Let them all fight each other. Perfect, classic warfare 101. In Acts chapter 23, Paul had been arrested for his preaching, like a good preacher ought to be once in a while. Uh, and when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees. Now, the Sadducees were those who did not believe in the resurrection, so they're sad, you see. And the other were Pharisees. He cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. And of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. And when he'd so said, there arose a dissension, an argument, a disagreement. Between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. So in Acts 23, Paul used classic warfare 101: get your enemy divided, get them fighting each other, it makes them much easier to conquer. And if you read the passage, <coughs> he eventually they left him alone, let him go. Okay, so uh, there arose a great dissension, and the captain had to come rescue him. They were going to tear Paul apart, so the cap- the government got involved and rescued Paul from these morons fighting over what Paul was teaching. So, Psalm chapter 8, King David said, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Classic chapter. When we look at the earth or the solar system, we should say, wow, what a mighty God we serve. But here we have Christians, God's children, I think most of them are honestly Christians, fighting each other over is the earth flat or not. And it's becoming a vicious fight in the last six years. Here's some comments on our YouTube channel, Yesterday. You can go, Dr. Or Kent Hovind official, go to yesterday's broadcast. I did from Charlotte. I got in into three this morning.
0: Now, this and- is very reminiscent of the, the, the um, emails I'm getting, but the emails I'm getting are even more adamant, more um, confrontational. Um, and I'm not saying everybody, but the majority... I would say, yes, the majority.
2: Truth Faction writes, I love you, Doc, but the earth and the light came before the sun. The earth sits on a foundation. Only Jesus Saves wrote, It's flat, brother, as well as being littered with remains of life turned stone. This is talking about the big monument, Devil's Tower, in Wyoming. That is obviously the neck of a volcano that they're saying is a giant tree stump. That is dumb, not true. It is a volcano. It is not a giant tree stump. Now, there were giants in the Earth, and there are some remains of awfully big giants. Is that Joe Taylor book here? Uh, yeah, this is classic. Giants Against Evolution, 39 bucks. You get it straight from Joe Taylor, MountBlanco.com. But uh, it, it covers all kinds of evidence of gigantic plants and gigantic insects and gigantic people. Get a hold of Joe Taylor. Yeah, I, I,
0: Ken Hogan was one of the first ones that I ever saw where he went into the fossil record and, you know, did a lot of these studies... On the giants, and and um, his to this day, um, his explanation of the pre-flood, I think, is the finest explanation that that we have. And just before I go any further, I think one of the arguments of the flat earthers—they're saying there's this big um, water canopy above our head, and that we're we're um, in this dome-like structure, and the sun and the moon are literally. Under the dome. And that's why we can't penetrate this dome-like structure. And... um, Okay, so that's what they believe. So... He does the best explanation... If you just key in Dr. Ken Hovind Pre-Flood Environment... In fact, I played his video not too long ago... Regarding when they find these fossilized, or actually, they're not even fossilized, they're literally still frozen solid. They're down there in Antarctica, and they're doing all these things now to melt the ice, to, to, to get to all of these um, this technical, technological advancements of the giants that are down there. They were flash-frozen at one point in history. When were they flash-frozen? They were flash-frozen in the flood, when the flood happened, when the rain started to come down. This canopy that they're talking about was an ice canopy. And for one reason or another, God started to melt it. I don't know if a meteor shattered it. I don't know if there was something that happened with the temperature. But this was God's judgment. That's his doing. Okay, You can't dispute the fact the Bible says it rained, rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay? Not only that, the fountains of the deep broke up as well. So water came to the surface from below and above. 40 days and 40 nights. There's no way that could happen on planet Earth unless there was some type of water canopy up there to put that much water down on the planet where it would cover the highest mountain. The whole planet. Everything that had breath in its lungs died. Okay, That's what happened. When the canopy went away, what ended up happening is, is if you notice in the Bible, our lifespan started to decrease rapidly. They were, then you have Methuselah living, to, you know, 950 plus years, and then all of a sudden it started getting, you look at the genealogies of the Bibles after the flood, okay, all the subsequent genealogies start to, guess, I mean, a lot of the times the lifespans just go half. One was living to 900, and then the next one lived to 450, or maybe you cut a couple hundred years off. I just looked at this not too long ago. Okay, and then until you get down to about where, you know, you know, where we are today. Okay, it didn't take that long for it to happen after the flood as far as years go. Now, what was the biggest difference? Is Why is that the case? Okay. Um, there's three reasons. One is because this water canopy or this ice sheet, before it became water and rained down on the planet, this, what it did is it filtered out all of the harmful UV rays. It filtered out a lot of the radiation that is hitting the planet from the sun. So you're getting more of a pink, probably hue glow around the planet. Okay. Um, that's filtering out those UV rays that were hitting that are hitting us now. Okay, a big reason we age it produces a lot of free radicals and these it has all types of of, of I mean these these waves some of these waves penetrate into the into the earth very, very far. Okay, so those waves that were not hitting us before are hitting us now. That is a big reason. That's one of the reasons that we don't live as long. Another reason is because both the atmospheric pressure was about double and the oxygen content of the air was about double. Well, how could you know that? Because they've got prehistoric amber, which is this jelly, uh, like this, um, it would be, imagine like maple syrup that hardens. That's what amber is. They've got prehistoric amber that they have drilled into and there's gas pockets in there of air that preserve what the pre-flood environment was like and they've drilled into them and they've recorded what is the atmospheric pressure meaning um, you can drill into them and in the moment you do it they've got instrumentation that can determine what was the pressure of the air in the amber. Okay, What was the oxygen content of the air? The oxygen content was about double of what it is today, and I don't even mean in inner city, I mean like if you go to like the the country or or, or probably a rainforest or someplace that's producing a lot of oxygen, okay, was double, and you had double atmospheric pressure. What does that produce? Well, have you heard of a thing called a hyperbaric chamber? Hyperbaric chamber is what they put burn patients in, and people that go into the bends, if they go in the, um, like, they come up too quick from a, from a deep underwater dive, and they get air air embolisms and things of this na- nature, and it can kill you really quick. Well, they have to put them into these hyperbaric chambers. People that get a spinal cord injury, the best thing you can do for them is put them in a hyperbaric chamber. Okay, their body a lot. Of, if they would have done that with Christopher Reeves right after he had that accident where he fell off the horse, there's a good chance he would have regained all. His faculties. Because it's actually pumping oxygen in from the outside of your body. into it. There's, there's so much atmospheric pressure. A lot of times they'll bump the oxygen content up to 100% in those things. And that oxygen is very healing. Okay. If you lived in an environment where you were getting hit with no UV, harmful UV rays from the sun. And the oxygen content was double. And the atmospheric pressure was double. You would live... A long, long time. Evidenced by the Bible. Because the Bible doesn't say why all of a sudden. You know. It doesn't, it doesn't give reasons why. All of a sudden the lifespan went from like 900 to, you know, it goes, goes down to 120 even to, you know, 80 or 70 or whatever. In those ranges. Took a little bit of time, yeah. But the Bible really never elaborates on that. But that's Why? because of what we have discovered about the pre-flood environment. That's why. Okay, so that's the whole dome thing I understand. Okay, I get it, but that was pre-flood, and that was in a different, totally different circumstance. So I hope that kind of explains that that to you. And if you don't, I mean, if you really want the full explanation, I, I, I'm sure I didn't do it justice, but you can go to just say pre-flood environment, Dr. Ken Hovind. You know, you'll find it on the YouTube. And he goes through the whole thing. He does, a, he, he was the first guy. He's the only person I've ever heard of that really does a really good job explaining that. If they've done experiments where they've put like certain animals, they've like, I um, think they did it with snakes or something, where they put them in like a hyperbaric chamber from like birth or something. And I mean, these things got enormous as well. It's another thing about that, in that um, environment. You will get much bigger. If you have no UV radiation hitting you, if you're double atmosphere pressure, double double oxygen, the animals back then were a lot bigger, as evidenced by the fossil record. A big reason that the dinosaurs would have died out is because they would have not had the lung capacity anymore in the post-flood environment. Because a brontosaurus, which is just gigantic, pre-flood environment, his lungs could handle, his lungs could get enough oxygen to the tissues because the atmosphere pressure was double. And the oxygen content was double, it would be no problem. But post flood, with oxygen in half and atmospheric pressure in half, his lung capacity does not have the ability anymore to really function properly. So, you had a massive dying off of a lot of the dinosaurs that were much more prevalent in Noah's day. That's a whole other factor, okay? So, I just wanted to mention that before we go any further, but again. Ken Hovind's better on explaining all that than I am, but I, I hopefully have done somewhat of a justice there.
2: Blanco.com. But I, I, there's no question there were giants, but that yellow uh, the, that volcano is not a giant tree stump. Stop saying that. You're making yourself look dumb. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> let's see.
0: Now, I don't really agree with the, like, the name-calling he kind of gets into here. I, I, I want to try to avoid that. You know, I really, I think that's part of the divide and conquer. You know, if if I call you all these names and stuff, you're not going to listen to anything I'm going to say. You know, I've been called a lot of names. (laughs) So (laughs) between this and the Mandela, I've been called a lot of names. You know, I don't want to reciprocate that behavior. I I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I just don't. It's not biblical to do that. So I'm going to try to just totally stay away from that. It's not biblical. It's not right. It's not Christian for us to get into a whole bunch of name calling and that type of stuff. I mean, are we three-year-olds, that type of thing? So I don't agree with that tact that he kind of takes in the video. But I also believe he does a very good job overall of explaining this.
2: Gray Wolf writes in, I would really like to see a live discussion between you, Dr. Kent, and Rob Skiba. I, I don't know. I've 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 heard of Rob Skiba. I've seen some of his stuff on the internet. I don't think I've ever met him. Uh, I don't want to get into a debate on this topic. I think I'm done with it. I keep trying to be done with it. It'll come up again. But this has divided Christians, and somebody's got to stop this. This is insane. Uh, Because he does a lot of experimenting, and he comes from a Baptist church like you do. Please make it happen. I think the things will really turn interesting, both for you and for us. Okay, Uh, Here we go. Kana writes in, Flat Earth proves the Bible's account. So man has told you it's wrong and shows you the Helo's model, heliocentric. It's, there is 666 all over that theory, yet you subscribe to it. Kana, listen carefully. The Earth goes around the sun, and it just happens to be 66,600 miles an hour. Listen to that carefully. Miles. Miles. Per hour that just happens to be our current system of measuring things you could do it in kilometers per hour or kilometers per second right or any other and you would get a different number the number six is not evil it comes after five they it's weren't
0: okay. using the miles per hour back then when the Bible was written in that type of thing so it wasn't like that
2: was even in use then okay to write the number six actually it's okay to write three of them in a row six 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 comes after six six five. Okay. Now it is true. Satan's going to use that. I understand it's in Revelation 13, but that doesn't mean just the fact that we go around the earth, around the sun, 66,600 miles an hour. Therefore the earth is flat and doesn't move. That is not logic. Okay. Think about it for five minutes. Okay. T. Carp writes in, Kent, you're wrong about the flat earth. The Bible describes it. It's flat underneath and a dome on pillars path is narrow wrote yesterday
0: now please bear in mind we haven't got into one we haven't looked at one point about this yet not one okay so we're he and myself we're just laying out what is flat earth what are some of the objections that we're hearing and then we're going to go into a lot of what the flat earth is based on point by point and examine those so all of this is going to be examined in the Flat Earth. It's not like we're just going to be presenting one side. We're going to look at what does the Flat Earth believe, and then we're going to go into that. Okay, so that's how this is going to all go.
2: Kent, you're world champ at debunking evolution when it comes to the time of Jacob's trouble and the Flat Earth. You're terribly weak, most likely incorrect. This is the kind of stuff I deal with on our YouTube channel every... If that's
0: all he's dealing with, then you know, he's got it really easy, is all I can say.
2: Day. Read the comments. Let me give you the Hoven theory. The entire Flat Earth movement started, was reintroduced about 2012, six years ago, probably by atheists. Here's the reason. I'm going to give you five reasons now and save number six to the end. This is controversial. You know me, Lady Di, I try to avoid controversy, right? Okay. I think what well, atheists did this to see how, to get Christians fighting each other. And it's working. This is, most all of the people supporting the flat earth movement are doing it because they think it supports the Bible. And they're trying desperately to defend the scriptures, like Romans chapter 10. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. I do appreciate your zeal. I really do. Your knowledge is sadly lacking, okay? Uh, it's to divide Christians. That's the biggest thing I'm seeing, is that
0: they're, they're the, what I'm getting our emails is all these Bible verses, and it's like, whoa, whoa. I understand and I appreciate the fact you're trying to supposedly defend the Bible, but we need to look at all sides of this to see if not only the Bible, but science and whatever else supports this. Okay, let's look at both sides of the issues is the whole point here.
2: The war warring camps to make them easier to conquer in the coming war. We are headed for a time of tribulation and it's going to be against the Christians and it's coming like a freight train. And we'd better get united and stand together. This warring camps is exactly what they want to do. It's working. Number three, I think somebody wants to show the world the power that they, whoever they, the Illuminati whatever, have to make people believe anything. They laugh about it. They can get people to believe literally anything. It is bizarre some of the things people believe. I'll show you some of those in a minute. It's to distract Christians from the real issues like evangelism, like the Great Commission, get out soul winning. Many spend hours and hours and hours on this topic rather than go win their neighbor to Christ. They're more concerned about winning their neighbor over to believing on a flat earth than they are getting them saved. Stop. Think about that. Go read what Jesus said about that. You know how much time Jesus spent on the flat earth? None. Okay. I think they want to discredit the Bible. The atheists would love to get... would love to get you to believe that the Bible teaches the earth is flat just so they can say, see, the Bible is wrong. The Bible does not teach the earth is flat. I will show you. But if they can get people believing, wow, the Bible teaches flat earth, that whole book must be stupid. That's what they're trying to do. Okay, let me start.
0: Same reason for the Mandela. And people say, yeah, well, you're the one out there saying that the Bible. Listen, that's not my fault what's happened you're blaming something like the mandela the quantum effect on me personally as 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 though i created it and it's my fault you're attacking the messenger when you should be more concerned about the message and what is causing it in this regard the mandela effect these egregious changes are not my fault and they're not my imagination and it's not just the bible obviously it's all of these other areas that have been affected on a worldwide scale.
2: Saying, I greatly appreciate the zeal and the dedication of the flat earthers. Boy, they are dedicated. They haunt my channel. And their desire to defend God's word. I think that's noteworthy. I think that's wonderful. But you're wrong, okay? Paul said in Romans 10, I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. This guy said, Flat earth is a Jew hoax. The Bible is dead wrong. If they could get people to believe the Bible teaches the earth is flat, then they could say, see, the Bible is wrong, and it would justify their lifestyle. I don't know if it's a Jew hoax or not. but It
0: said the Bible is dead wrong. There are hundreds of references to a flat earth in the Jew holy book. and This this is some kind of anti-Semitic thing or whatever. If the earth is not flat, then the holy Bible is wrong. And if so, then so is the Jewish divinity and the right to rape the world. Like, the Bible condones that. You know, again, trying to lump the Bible in with this, if the Christians believe that the earth is flat and then that's disproven, then it discredits the Bible because supposedly the Bible teaches that. You see where this is going? Okay, now we have the Mendel effect where whole Bible verses are being changed. And it's really, really funny And really, really coincidental that most of the egregious changes, the most egregious, by far happening only in the King James Bible. The version I've been defending, ever since I've been in ministry and well before that. Translated from two totally different, uncorrupted text types, other than all of the other New Age versions. The New Age versions, on the other hand, aren't being nearly as affected. In fact, the New Age versions that are translated from two corrupt Catholic text types, the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, for the most part, that was then translated into the revised version of 1881, which is even further corrupted by two occultists, Westcott and Hort, which then spawned the, all, the, all the other um, basically New Age Bible versions that we have today, other than the King James. Those versions are the ones that aren't being so much attack very much and in fact a lot of the changes that are take that have taken place in the king james aren't taking place in the new age ones so now the new age versions look better in many spots of the bible now for instance a ton of the of the new age versions still have wineskins in there which is the only way that verse makes any sense whatsoever I think some of them still have wheat or grain in there as well. When Jesus walked on the Sabbath through the cornfields now in the King James and picked the ears of corn. And then it even says in the Old Testament that they were green ears of corn. Could not be grain. Grain doesn't have ears. And when it's ready for harvest, it's not green. It's tan. The green ears of corn, if you've ever seen a corn, it has a green wrapper on it. Green ears of corn in Leviticus. There's a verse. Corn wasn't even discovered by Christopher Columbus until 1493. 1493, we're talking Old Testament here. We're talking probably 2,000 years at least before that. They had green ears of corn now in the King James. So when these changes are not happening in the New Age versions, it's really discrediting in the King James because there's some really, really, really crazy verses in the king james now all by design divide and conquer discredit the bible this is another divide and conquer discredit the bible thing that we're dealing with with the flat earth as well get us all divided and conquered all fighting with each other all name calling all this is grieving the holy spirit grieving god Meanwhile, while we're fighting and we're we're calling each other's names and things of this nature, Satan's winning. Little children are being raped and pedophiles, and, and because there's no prayer going up about that, it's all our infighting. That's the whole point I'm trying to make with both of these teachings on the Mandela and the Flat Earth. In fact, that's probably the most important thing I said to get us off that. Yes, I think we need to know about it. I mean, I, I, I how can I ignore it? I mean, if I've had, I've had to, I've had to put these both these studies. On the back burner for years at this point. It's been three to four years of the Mandela, probably two to three on the flat Earth. I didn't really want to do these studies. I really didn't. And, and now seeing the fallout from it, I mean, I <laughs> just confirm my worst suspicions, but it needs done.
2: Somebody started this to try to, and, and the people who started it don't believe in it. And they're laughing at you for falling for it. Is the Earth flat? surrounded by Antarctica, the ice ring, and nobody's allowed to go there because it's off limits and the government will shoot you if you walk in there. There's a great conspiracy. And NASA's all, all the pictures are lies. And all of your phone map programs, and it's all a big conspiracy. Google's involved. Everybody's, this is what they teach, okay? Everybody's involved. All the maps are wrong. For the last 2,000 years, everybody's drawn maps of a round world. They're all lying. Okay. Well, first, let's define some words, like flat. It means smooth and Even without marked lumps or indentations. I think you could take a look just about any place on the world and see it is not flat. There are mountains, okay? Mountain or mountains are mentioned 461 times in the Bible. The Bible does not teach the earth is flat. There are hills. You can. we got one right outside that door, okay? It's only three feet high, but it's a hill, right? The earth is not flat. Valley or valleys are mentioned 181 times in the Bible, the Bible does not teach the earth is flat. See, guys, you cannot have a valley if the earth is flat. You cannot have a hill. Hill or hills or the word... When we tried the word up, it crashed the computer. It said there's too there's too many of those, okay? So hill, hills, or down are mentioned 1,255 times in the Bible. If you have a hill, it's not flat. Think about that for 20 minutes. Go ask your mother to explain it, okay? The waters prevailed upon the, exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The Bible teaches there are hills. You all agree with that, right? And the Bible teaches there are mountains. Okay. The Bible says he sits on the circle of the earth. We'll talk about that in a minute. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. Now hold it. Are people who are made in God's image, Genesis 1, really grasshoppers? Or is this a, what's called a metaphor? The people, the inhabitants, are thereof are as grasshoppers. It's called a metaphor. The Bible is full of them, and when you watch Michael Rood's program in a month when it comes out, meaning in- meaning we're very
0: tiny in comparison to the circle of the earth, which God sits on. It says, okay, we're very tiny in comparison to that
2: right here, a whole bunch of other examples from the Bible, with his knowledge of Hebrew and Greek, that the Bible is full of this. It's common, common sense. People do this all the time. Bible says he sits on the circle of the earth. Is the earth really a circle? Well, it just so happens that I taught geometry for 15 years. There is no such thing as a circle. A circle does not exist except in imagination.
0: Now, he's getting to a point here. He's not saying the Bible's not true. He's getting to a point.
2: It is Because if it has any height at all, even the thickness of your ink... If you draw a circle on a piece of paper, your ink left behind has got a certain thickness to it. It is now a cylinder. Right? Technically, there is no such thing as a circle. It's an imaginary construct for geometry, and it's practical, and we use it all the time. But in reality, it doesn't exist. If it's got any height, the thickness of your pencil or pen, it's now a cylinder. I can dig a hole in my yard and show you the earth does have some depth. Okay, it is not a circle. We have dug holes all over. We have actually have a post hole digger on the back of the tractor, don't we? And the yeah, it's not Daryl. You've been digging in the earth in the earth for years. Twenty-three hundred feet. Twenty-three hundred feet. It's it does have some depth. Therefore, it's not a circle. It might be a cylinder, but it's not a circle. Okay. An infinite number of circles can be drawn through any point on any sphere. I could pick a spot right here and draw circles this way, bigger ones.
0: He has a globe. He has a globe in his lap.
2: Bigger ones, bigger ones. I could draw around this way. I could go this way. He's also
0: showing what it would look like on a screen. Now, a lot of this is really visual, and this is another reason I haven't done this study. Because a lot of how to disprove this is visual, when you see the pictures. So, you know... If you want to play the video beforehand or along with or whatever, try to follow along. I do have a lot of pictures and illustrations in the PDF that I'm going to be putting up for this teaching. Um, so understand that as well, that you can go and view that and watch these videos and actually see the representations of what they're talking about here.
2: This so I could draw an infinite number of circles through any one point on a sphere. Hmm. God is sitting is God sitting on the circle of the earth an obvious metaphor? Yes it is. God could be sitting on one spot on a sphere on a ball and still be sitting on trillions of circles. Hmm okay. Bible says he stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Now hold on. Is the heaven that we see above us a curtain or a tent? Or is this a metaphor? I think it's pretty obviously a figure of speech, a metaphor. I don't know how much of this you understand with your Russian, but I'm sure Russian language has many metaphors also. Probably all languages do. Freddy, you speak fluent Spanish. Do they have metaphors? Of course, a Romanian. Yeah, okay. Psalm uh, 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, hold on a minute. Does the Almighty God have a shadow? The Bible says God is a spirit. How can a spirit have a shadow? Hmm. Think about that. That's a metaphor. Okay. I will say to the Lord of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him all I trust. Is God a brick building? Or is Meaning he's
0: my fortress. Is he a brick building? No, it's a metaphor. In other words, the Bible uses a lot of metaphors to describe things is the point.
2: It's a metaphor. It's obviously a figure of speech. He shall cover thee with his feathers... And under his wing shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Is God a chicken? Does he have wings? Or is this a metaphor? Think about it. Thou hast lifted up thyself. God in whose... He's talking about Belshazzar, the wicked king in Babylon. The God in whose hand thy breath is. Does God actually hold his breath and have to say, Here, here's another one. Here's another one. Is God holding... This is a metaphor. To hold his breath in your hand. Daniel saying... God can shut off your air anytime he wants. Yeah. But God has other things to do than sit around and hand everybody a breath every time they need one, okay? He just made the whole world covered with air and you can breathe it anytime you want. Oh, man, okay. Um, After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, beholding the four winds of the earth. Does the earth have four corners? How can a circle have four corners? Hmm.
0: Well, that's one of the big verses there. I guess they use to justify flat Earth. But again, I don't. If if the Lord sitteth on the circle of the earth, how does even that circle have four corners? It really doesn't make a lot of sense.
2: But so don't tell me the Bible teaches the Earth is flat. It does not teach the Earth is flat. Well, the four winds, the wind should not blow. Uh, the only shape I'm aware of that has four corners is a tetrahedron. That has four corners. Okay, tetrahedron. Is the Earth a tetrahedron? Is the Earth? Where'd my cube Earth go? I guess Nick took it in to do some video editing. Okay, it can't be a square either. He's
0: showing what these shapes look like uh, next to him. You're hearing, you're seeing him speak, and then he's showing him this type. This would be ideal, like way for me to do presentations as well. I just don't have the really the the time or the resources to to do this but yeah i mean this this is an ideal way to actually present this because he's got a monitor next to his head like a a a, a, like a big computer screen a really big one and then he's going through like these presentations
2: A square has four corners but a square also does not exist it's imaginary if the square has any depth at all it's now a prism so it can't be a square or a circle Okay. What's this about the four winds? Now, hold it. The Bible talks about the south wind, the north wind, the changing winds, the whirlwind, the east. He's giving all the Bible verses where they occur as well. When the west wind. There are winds that blow every every possible direction you can think of. Northeast, southeast, northwest. They bro- The wind blows up sometimes, straight up. Sometimes the wind blows straight down. There are, there are more than four winds, so it's an obvious metaphor to say the four winds, or they came from the four corners of the earth. It's a metaphor. The Bible says the world is established, that it cannot be moved. The flat earthers, like some of the comments I got yesterday, the earth is solid, it can't move. This is ludicrous. Is the earth really flat and unmovable? Well, let's see. The earth shook and trembled in Second Samuel chapter twenty-two. Apparently, it moved. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills moved and were shaken. Oh, it moved again. Psalm eighteen. See th-
0: another. These are Bible verses that I've been. Um, a lot of people have been sending me about the earth that it cannot be moved, and he's just showing you here that the Bible talks over and over about this. Is what I'm talking about. Looking at both sides of the story here and, and understanding what are metaphors in the Bible, you know, figurative type of things, and then balancing it with the rest of the scripture.
2: Psalm 99, let the earth be moved, okay? Isaiah 24, the earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard. Apparently, the earth can be moved. So the idea that the earth is spinning and going around the sun does not contradict Scripture. It's an obvious metaphor. It is so big and so heavy that you and I probably can't do much to change it and move it. It's plenty massive. Okay, the noise of the taking of Babylon. The earth is moved. Okay, so the earth is movable. Is the earth flat? Well, let's look at the science. The Bible does not teach it's flat and unmovable.
0: <clears throat> okay,
2: Half and, of the, and again,
0: this is what the the arguments are from the flat earther people that are trying to argue this biblically. So again, that's why I said we're looking at these things from a biblical perspective, one at a time, and we're just getting started. The, the Ken Hoven what we're looking at with Ken Hovind is just one aspect of what we're going to be looking at here today. We're going to be looking at, I really believe, all the major arguments of this from different sources. Proving, looking at this from different angles.
2: Earth is lit up and half of it is dark all the time. I have people all over the world that are friends of mine. I could call somebody right now. I could call AJ in India. I would predict probably the sun is coming up over there about now. I don't know what time zone he's in. I could find out here. Just about the opposite of us in India. We could call him right now. I so what,
0: they're, they're showing a picture of the flat Earth, okay, with the with the, this Arctic ice wall surrounding all of the continents. Um, and this is the end of the Earth, the Arctic ice wall, Antarctic wall, I guess they call it. And then it shows the sun in a circular movement. And this is below the dome. I mean, I know this is going to sound to a lot of people, they're going to be like, what? Yeah, but this is what, is taught um the sun is going in a circular motion around the continents and this is how the flat earth people are saying that the sun works it's literally below the water canopy on the flat earth it's that close to us the sun okay um and then the moon is on the other side in in a in an orbit that's exactly opposite the sun so you have the day and the night this is how we get day and night and so the sun only shines over certain regions during their their day and then the night on the other side of the earth. Even though the earth is flat, even though you could see the sun from the other side of the earth because the earth would be flat. Think about that. They say that that other side of the world is going to be totally dark, even though the earth is flat. And the sun still, it, it just, I'm sorry, but I, I wow, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean. I, I just, I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, I, I just don't get get this, you
2: know. Bring my phone. He called me today. I would say, AJ, what's it doing? He said, well, oh, it's morning time over here. We're getting up. Well, it's getting dark here. How could the earth be half lit and half dark all the time?
1: If it was I flat. to,
2: let's see, 20, 37 countries, um, all 50 states. We have time zones. I think most people agree the Earth is dark half the time and light half the time. Does the skirt? Does the sun have a skirt on it? Is it a flashlight going around? I mean, if indeed the Earth in—in is- in other words, like in order for us, if like it was
0: daytime in Australia, and we're in like, like I don't know, let's just say opposite or whatever, United States, for argument's sake. Does the sun have some kind of skirt on it that focuses the light on a certain region? If the sun was a blazing ball of, okay, plasma or whatever, how could it have a skirt on it where it would just shine down on a particular area? It's what you got to believe if you're a flat earth person. It's got some kind of skirt where we're not going to be able to see it from the other side of the earth or it's not even going to have that. I mean, it, it, at bare minimum, if it was on the other side of the earth, you would still be able to see some kind of glow. From, from thousands of miles away, the whole atmosphere would be illuminated from the sun unless it had some kind of skirt on it. And even then, you could see it. The analogy that I'm going to give later is that if you walked into, an, into a totally dark theater and there was one spotlight with a skirt on it, it was focusing one beam of light down on a person on the stage, you're going to be able to see that beam of light from a long long way there's you 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 could walk out of i mean you would have to literally walk out of the building not to see that spotlight when everything else around you is dark you'd still see that is the whole point that's the problem that we have with this particular part of the flat earth theory on the sun being supposedly you know like right, and I don't know. Like I don't know if it's a thousand miles or whatever above us. Whatever they believe,
2: it's flat, and the sun is going in a circle, like you guys claim. Everybody would see it all the time. Yes, it could. You can't have nighttime with your flat Earth. It can't happen. Now they will have an answer to all of these objections. This is what I, I got. Such a kick out of this. It is what's called I call a redneck answer. I will show you. Redneck fixes. How many have seen those things? Honey, I fixed it. Have you seen that? (laughs) I'll show you some. The answers they give are redneck answers. Redneck fixes. All right, I'll show you. There is a phenomena on Earth called the Coriolis effect. A Frenchman named Gustave something or other Coriolis discovered back in the early 1800s that the swirling patterns of the air and of the water can be studied and mapped. Why does the Earth have swirling patterns? Well, see, back in the 1800s, they're sailing around the world, and it's very important in a sailing boat to try to get a little extra gas mileage by having the wind behind you, or the better yet, the wind and the current behind you. So they wanted to study the currents of the oceans. Why do the oceans spin at all? Why is there a Gulf Stream? Why is there a North Atlantic Current and a South Atlantic Current? It's because of what is called the Coriolis Effect. If you've ever played football, you know if you're throwing a pass to somebody and he's running across the field this way, you're gonna throw the he's running this way. The quarterback has to do all kinds of mathematics in his head without thinking. How far is he away? How fast can I throw it? Where is he going to be when the ball gets there? You don't wanna throw it at him. You wanna throw it where he's going to be. Right. Snipers, long-range snipers, have to watch this carefully. they got to really be genius at mathematics. Because if you're shooting north or south, if you're moving at 1,000 miles an hour at the equator and your target is moving only 900 miles an hour because he's further north and they do move different speeds because of the circle getting smaller, he has to figure out where to shoot based on is he shooting east, west, north, south, what angle. There's a whole lot of mathematics to a long-range shot.
0: Yes, there is. If is. We're f- going to get into that in a lot more depth. The Coriolis effect, honestly, is... I'm not I'm not saying it's all you would need to disprove this, but it is such a major... I mean, if you can get a hold of the Coriolis effect, that's... I just... That one point, there's so many points you can address with this, but that one point is so strong.
2: ...a missile from Florida to equator, you have to figure, okay, it's going to take... 30 minutes to get there. In 30 minutes, this has moved. So just like throwing the football, leading the person, you'd have to lead the target. If you're south, if you're shooting north, you have to shoot behind the target, and your bullet will catch up to it, or the missile. There's a whole lot of mathematics to shooting north or south long distances because of the Coriolis effect.
0: Now, this Coriolis effect, as the Earth rotates, the Coriolis effect turns the winds in the northern hemisphere toward the right. And it's showing you on this diagram how this all works. This is why we have different wind patterns on the planet. This is the, this is a big reason for that.
2: Simple mathematics 101. So, <clears throat> the Gulf Stream in... Gulf. the
0: St- I should say different prevailing wind patterns on the planet meaning certain regions will tend to blow one way that's more specific
2: in the Gulf of Mexico swirls then it comes out and makes a giant swirl in the North Atlantic Ocean you say who cares well this happened down in Pensacola it just so happens there's an obvious sign of the Gulf Stream moving stuff this is Pensacola Harbor there's the city of Pensacola where I live for 30 years There is a beach sticking way out here called Gulf Breeze. You've been there. There's another peninsula way out here where they have Fort Pickens and a beautiful beach for like 12 miles of white sand, okay? Why are these peninsulas out here anyway? What happened? What would form a long, skinny beach peninsula? Well, part of it is the waves coming in from the Gulf. That has a habit of knocking sand off and dragging it out and dropping it a certain distance out. That's another story. But it's interesting. The ships would come in the harbor and have to go over here to Pensacola. If you look at the Escambia River where it came down, this island is growing longer. In the last 150 years, it's grown one mile. I'll show you. You do the math. You say, hold it. This, this peninsula cannot be millions of years old. It can only be a few thousand years old. I think after Noah's flood, the Escambia River came straight out here. And gradually, because of the Gulf Stream, it is picking up sand over here, dropping it over here, and making this peninsula get longer. I'll show you.
0: Now, obviously, you're going to have to be looking at the, this diagram to to understand
2: fully what he's talking about. Before the Civil War, there were three forts built to protect Pensacola Harbor. There was Fort Pickens, Fort McRae, and Fort Barrancas. Now, back in those days, they wanted to protect, you know, enemy ship comes in, they want to shoot them but their cannons didn't go very far. They you were know, shooting a big steel ball. Fort Pickens could only reach that far, so they could just sail around it. So Fort McRae has what's called overlapping, overlapping range. They can Somebody can hit it. And then Fort Barrancas has another overlapping range. So they built these three forts to protect the harbor. They could have done it with one if they had cannons which would shoot far enough, but they didn't. So that's what they did with three forts to protect the harbor. Now, the Gulf Stream is going this way swirling clockwise north of the equator. What happens is it's picking up sand over here and dropping it over here. Sand is picked up from this side, dropped over here on this side. This peninsula is growing longer, this one's growing shorter. Fort McRae, built 140 years ago, has nearly disappeared. It's almost gone. It's washed into the Gulf. Fort Pickens is now a mile away from the water. That peninsula has grown a full mile just in 140 years since the Civil War. The harbor has shifted over about a mile. Why? Because of the Gulf Stream. Why is there a Gulf Stream? Because the world is spinning. If the world were not spinning, there would not be a Gulf Stream current. Here is the peninsula. There is Fort Pickens. Right there, today. Why is it a mile away from the water? Wouldn't it be smart if your cannon can only shoot about a mile anyway? Wouldn't it be part, smart to build as close as you could to the beach? If you're trying to keep, you know, shoot ships. I mean, hello. Build as close as you can. Fort Barrancas today is nearly gone. Fort I mean Fort B- McRae is nearly gone. You can go to or Fort Barrancas if you want. There's what's left of Fort McRae. It's washing into the harbor because the harbor is moving. You go down and see it. Now Water north of the equator swirls counterclockwise. South of the equator, it swirls clockwise. I'll show you. Here's a video experiment. This, they put a sink right on top of the equator. This is in Ecuador. Anybody can go down there. They drew a line on the concrete right there behind the person. This is the equator.
0: This is so cool. This is just so cool. They're literally on the equator, and he takes the sink and moves it. North of the equator and south. I mean, I'm just talking like, you know, 10, 15 feet. And you see how the water spins differently. And you see how the water doesn't spin at all when it's right over the equator. It's just the coolest thing.
2: They're going to pour water in the sink and let it drain on the equator. <clears throat> now watch.
0: He's got a sink of water. He's, he undoes the, the plug.
2: He puts leaves in the water,
3: just, just down. and straight it just down. goes
2: straight okay.
3: down.
2: Now let's pick up the sink. Now let's go, south. go south of the equator. So he Fifteen walked. feet. Fifteen feet. Okay. Plug the sink, fill it with water, let it stabilize a minute.
1: Ready, guys?
2: Pull yeah. the plug. Drop some leaves in. Right. Why does it swirl south of the equator and not swirl on the equator? It's called the Coriolis effect, because the Earth is spinning. Now let's take it north of the equator, 15 feet away from the equator. So
0: it went clockwise that time. The spin.
2: You can Google. I forget the name of this thing, but just Google. Does water swirl north or south of the equator? It comes up with a bunch of video clips of this kind of stuff.
0: This is north of the equator.
2: Okay, we're gonna fill the sink with with water. <laughs> It's going to swirl the other direction. I promise you. Pull the plug, drop in the leaves, and it swirls counterclockwise north of the equator. Counterclockwise. Your toilet will do the same thing, maybe. There are other factors involved with the toilet because it's so small. The difference in the speed of the spinning of the Earth over six inches may not be great enough to see this. Plus, it may be designed where the water coming out of the tank goes down through the jets and already starts a swirl. If you'd eliminated all of those factors, it would swirl one way north of the equator and the other way south of the equator. There Whereas
0: in a flat Earth scenario, if the Earth is not moving and the Earth is not a sphere, why would that happen? That's the whole point of, of showing these, these videos.
2: Things that can influence a small thing, like a toilet or a sink, but with still water, it'll do that. Now... There are several well-studied things that happen to light traveling over water or through different temperatures of air. If the water is warm and the air is cold, the warm water will heat up a layer of air, and you can get trapped, a layer of hot air trapped under the cold air. It can't find a way to escape. Normally hot air rises, cold air sinks, but if the whole thing is that way, it has to find a way to escape, and until then, you get a phenomenon called inversion, or lensing or mirages can happen which one is the ship mirages it's are showing
0: a big ship and it literally there's one part that's in the water and then it's almost like it's flipped up the whole ship what like the the image you're seeing in the water and there's a an image flipped up over it that's like mirroring it this is this is an example of this
2: studied phenomena, they happen, because close to the surface, especially when it's really hot in the desert, people think they're seeing water. Oh, there's water. They're not seeing water. It's the hot air coming off the desert, and it's making layers in the air called inversion. So it is possible for you to see something that's actually a hundred miles away, to think you see something a hundred miles away when it's not there at all, called a mirage. How about, ever driven on the hot highways? It looks like there's water dancing out there. That water, it's not. There's no water there. It's a mirage. It is possible with atmospheric lensing with a curved earth to see over the horizon and see a city that is not visible. It is actually possible because of atmospheric layers to see the sun long after it's gone down because the air bends the light. So the flat earthers will say, ah, so on some days you can look out and see Chicago from 60 miles away.
0: Notice that's just on some days. Okay, now if it was all the time, okay, that'd be one thing, but this is just some days.
2: That is possible depending on the water temperature, the air temperature, and what kind of lensing. you. That's correct, it could happen. Why doesn't it happen every day, fellas? Some days it happens, some days it doesn't. Here's a flat earther, put this up, he said atmospheric lensing bends light downward. The science is the same as that of a lens. They're trying to say, because you can't always see the bottom story, you look at a tall building across the water, most days the bottom few floors of the building are invisible. You only see the top part of the building, like this picture right here. On a totally flat surface, you just made this much disappear due to atmospheric lensing. So they will look at a city across water, which has a curve to it, and you can't see the bottom five floors or 10 floors of the building. And they'll say, well, yeah, that's because of atmospheric lensing. They'll try to use the phenomena that actually proves their theory wrong to prove it's right. This is one of their redneck fixes. I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Well, I mean, again,
0: when I drive to Charlotte, and I mean, I'm going there, there's a hill that you crest on 16. And you're, I mean, you're a good, man, I don't know, 30, 40 miles away. And that is the only spot I can even see, and all I can see is the top of the largest buildings from that particular point. Okay, can't see, can't see the bottom floors, can't even remotely see them. All I can see is the tops of them. And as I get closer, I can see more and more of the buildings because the curvature of the earth is not coming into play as much the more I get closer. And then I can, you could go all the way there and say, well, now I can see the whole building. There's no, because when I'm in the city limits, well, there's the curvature of the earth isn't coming into play at all. I'm so close to it. But 30, 40 miles out, it does, it's a big deal. So that's one of the the biggest things for me when, when this originally, this theory came out. For me, that was like, okay, how are they gonna possibly explain that one? Because that makes, it makes no sense in either way. And another thing with this is it also depends, like as far as well, let me me just let him explain the whole thing about the Chicago thing.
2: Flat Earth Ultimate Debunking Obliteration YouTube. There is a fabulous video out, it's only 15 minutes long I think, shows 10 Simple ways, scientific ways, to debunk the Flat Earth. That's the title of it. Go to YouTube, type in Flat Earth Ultimate Debunking Obliteration. Okay. Now, the Earth... We're going
0: to play that next, and that's going to get into some of these other points that that he's not even covering.
2: It has a radius. You can do all the math on this. It's not that complicated. A six-foot man should see just under three miles to the horizon. The Golden Gate Bridge was built. The pillars, the support pillars, are about... Three okay co- this is
0: with with this is with a spherical earth a six foot man should be able to see three three miles to the horizon before the horizon becomes a, a an issue meaning the curvature of the earth becomes an issue where he won't be able to see further So the Golden Gate Bridge is is two inches wider at the top of the of the biggest pillars because of the curve of the earth and he's showing a map of why this has to be the case
2: what is It is a mile apart I think it's 4, thousand feet. In 4,000 feet, both pillars are perpendicular to the earth, but they're <clears throat> two inches out of parallel. Hmm. Why? Because the earth is round, okay? It is curved. They had to build them out of parallel. It's, now, it is possible for a six-foot person to see another six-foot person six miles away. They would see down to the surface of the earth and then see their head sticking up over there. You can go to Lake Pontchartrain in uh, wow. New Orleans... There's power lines going across that Lake Pontchartrain. You can see the curvature of the Earth right there with those. He's power showing
0: lines. a picture, and I mean, there's no denying that these—you can literally see the curvature of the Earth, literally in these these electrical pillars. I mean, it, it's probably one of the finest examples I've ever seen of if you really want to see the curvature of the Earth at ground level, go to Lake Pontchartrain power lines demonstrating the curvature of the earth i mean i I just don't see how that right there can possibly be disproven
2: and it's not a mirage it's not atmospheric lensing the earth is curved okay in the northern hemisphere you see certain star patterns and constellations they're different from what you see in the southern hemisphere if the earth was flat everybody in the world could see the north star why can't people south of the equator see the North Star? Why can't they see the Big Dipper? Well, they can see part of it. Alaska is the land of the Big Dipper. The... The Alaska is the land of the... You were up in Alaska for... When you walk out, the Big Dipper is literally right in your face. Right in your face. It's right there, the whole constellation is, which it is not here. It's not here. If you take pictures, time-lapse photography of the stars, you'll see them moving, appear to be moving, around a spot called the North Star. If you go further north, that spot moves higher and higher. Alaska is latitude, uh, let's see, 60. You're up about uh, Arctic Circle, right on the Arctic Circle. So you're 23 degrees off the, okay. North Fairbank's right on the, yeah, on the Arctic okay. Arctic so the North Star, if you get on the North Pole, the North Star is above you up here. Where we are, we have to see the North Star about this angle. How can that be if the earth is flat? How could this constellations be different? They have a redneck answer for it, okay? There's a, you can make a pendulum. I've done this before. We need to get one of these dinosaur lamps. You get a big heavy weight like a bowling ball. Let it swing back and forth like a pendulum. It will gradually start to turn. Now, a pendulum will not change its direction unless acted on by an outside force. So if you have a pendulum that is swinging, if you are on the north pole, Swinging a pendulum from a helicopter, you would see the Earth turn under your pendulum. If you're on the equator, you would not see it turn, because it's going to be swinging and going to be following straight with you, okay? So on the equator, it won't work. It's called the Foucault pendulum. Any distance between the equator and the North Pole, you will get a different angle, which is measurable and actually predictable based on your latitude, Okay. Many large museums, Smithsonian, etc., they have a so-called pendulum with a big two-ton ball swinging back and forth, and it gradually moves over and knocks the pins down. It's a clock. How many have seen those before? Using the pendulum as a clock. Hmm. Why? That's It wouldn't work unless the Earth were spinning. The Earth is turning. Okay? Wow.
0: And he shows a picture of one of these pendulums. I mean, that... I mean, wow, there's just so many ways... To disprove this, and again, I'm not trying to be mean to the people that believe flat earth, but man, please just look at, at both sides here. Devote the amount of time you've devoted to convincing yourself that the earth is flat. Devote one-tenth of that time to this, to just looking at the other side, just to the possibility that you might be wrong.
2: Flat Earthers dismiss all the photographic evidence. I mean, there've been thousands of pictures taken from space showing the Earth is round. It's curved. Okay. Now they will. They sent up a rocket called the GoFast rocket. They went up. Uh, I think they said 73 miles. I believe some private, some guys privately funded sent up a rocket and took a bunch of pictures. And they could see a little bit of curvature. And they said, "Well, that's because of the lenses on the camera." Well, ba- we got-
0: basically, what I'm seeing is that all the flat Earth people saying that all the pictures from any type of altitude that shows the curvature to the earth, they're all fisheye cameras. But that doesn't make any sense if everything, everything in the picture would be distorted if that was the case. The picture itself would be dis, would, would have a fisheye look. Meaning if you take it from inside, I'm going to show you pictures later of people that have rode the Concorde at when the Concorde was still flying, which flew at the highest altitudes, okay, I guess it's not flying anymore, and People that took pictures from inside the Concord, and you can clearly see the inside window. Nothing is distorted, and you can s- clearly see. It's subtle because the Earth is so big in comparison to us. But it's subtle. But you can always see that slight curvature. But you got to get up, you know, pretty good to see it. You know, the, the slight curvature. If it was a fisheye camera, the the internal. Um, the internal parts of the plane where it was catching the window and everything else would have a weird look to them, but it doesn't. And there's, there's, there's picture after picture after picture like that, where you can tell they're not using a fisheye camera.
2: If the Earth is indeed like they tell us, 8,000 miles in diameter, let's make one inch equal to 100 miles. We would have to make the earth about seven mile, or seven feet, if we made a seven-foot globe, that would be one inch is 100 miles. They went up three-quarters of an inch. If you were three-quarters of an inch above a seven-foot ball, you probably wouldn't see a lot of curve, would you? Mm -mm. No. All the photographic evidence, here's Florida. There are tons of... Photographic evidence showing the Earth is indeed a curve. They will dismiss this with their redneck answer. The shadow that the Earth casts on the moon. If the moon gets between...
0: Okay, let me stop it here because I'm I'm getting... I'm way over on time here. I'm going to just restart this on the shadow of the moon and we will go to part two. So God bless you and we'll see you in part two.